We are in a series of messages right now called Faith and Feelings. And what we have learned is that we are all emotional beings. And sometimes our emotions get in the way of us living out our purpose. God wants us to bring positive change in our world. And the way we do that is through relationships, through our connection with other people, because those are the people that we're trying to reach and to reveal God's love to. And often our emotions are just, they do, they, they just get so messed up and they begin to overwhelm us and overtake us. And it keeps us from fulfilling God's purpose for our life. So we've been going through some of these emotions and learning how to overcome them. Because the really incredible thing about it is the Bible has something to say about all of them. And today you're going to hear a lot from God's word and what he has to say about anxiety. And that's what I want to share with you today. Just saying the word and hearing it probably just made yours go up. All right. Uh, I remember I've taken these tests before. Maybe some of you have done it as well. They'll give you a stress test. Stress and anxiety go together. They'll give you a, a stress test. They'll ask you all these questions. You know, have you moved lately? What you, all these relate? You know, all these different kind of things that are stress builders. And after you answer all the questions, you add up all the score to see what your stress level is. And I don't know about you, but I didn't think I was stressed. But sometimes after I feel it, it's like, man, I'm really stressed. Glad you told that to me, right? It just showed me the many things in my life that can become tough, can become parts of life that overcome us. And we can have anxiety over a lot of those different things. The Bible does have something to say about that. Look in the, the Word of God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul wrote this to some people at a church in Philippi. He said this, Do not be, what's the next word? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This is kind of a bummer in some ways, because it would be nice if we could be anxious about something, right? I mean, can't we be anxious about it? There's got to be something out there we can be anxious about. But Paul just said, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, we go to God. So that's the difference. When we become anxious, it's just a revelation to ourselves. We see something about ourselves that we're trying to handle life on our own, or we're trying to control situations to make things better, or we're relying on a circumstance to give us our happiness in life. And what we're to do is we're to include God. In fact, we read this. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 5. Cast all your, what's the next word? Anxiety. Great job. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So we're to put our anxiety on God. In other words, we're to include God in our life and help say, hey, this is what's going on. Help me with this. And when we do this, this burden begins to go away from us. It's a really uh, amazing thing about God. God isn't after us. God is not trying to use circumstances to destroy us and make us feel like we're unloved. God loves us. But yet we still go through difficult times. What we need to learn today, and it's laying a, a groundwork from, for what we're going to be hearing today. Many people look to their circumstances and rely on their circumstances to give them happiness. So if they're not good, they become anxious. They live for their circumstances. The difference is, is God uses circumstances 
It's not about living for circumstances. It's about what happens to us because of them. God wants to do two things in our lives through what many people experience stress over. He wants to, through situations, to move us and to grow us. He wants to to move us closer to Him, to rely on Him even more. And He wants to grow our strength so that we become stronger as we live in this world. Our anxiety, again, shows us where we are in this. If I'm anxious, I'm not close enough to God. Or if I'm anxious, I'm not strong enough. As I go against these things, as I face these things, I'm not strong enough to be able to rely on God. Instead, I'm, I'm allowing them to control me. good place for us to start today is knowing what anxiety is. So let's take a look at a definition. It's really simple. It says this, that anxiety is the state of being uneasy or worried about what might happen. Say this about anxiety. Anxiety is not about... Anxiety is about the future. It's said in that definition, the state of being uneasy or worried about what might happen. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm feeling anxious today because of my worry about what might happen in the future. So anxiety is all about the future. It's what we think about the future. It's how we deal with the future. Worry is a part of that definition. So let me give you a a definition for the word worry. The word worry means to strangle or choke. Isn't that a great definition? So if I worry, I feel like I am being strangled. I feel like I'm losing my breath. The title of this message today is Pressure or Purpose, right? And pressure has to do with they're under so much pressure that I just don't feel like I can breathe anymore. It's like I'm being choked because all of this is coming down on me. And when I feel this way, it keeps me from fulfilling my purpose. So how do we deal with all this? How do we relate to all of these things that are happening in our life? Well, we first of all need to know if we are anxious. And there are some signs that help us see whether we are or whether we're not. We're going to call them traits. It's the first thing on your sheet. This is just general. I'm going to get in a bunch of scripture in a few minutes, y'all. But um, this is some general knowledge that's important for us to have. There are traits of anxiety. All of our lives are made up of five different parts. So we're going to take those five different parts and see how anxiety affects each one of those. The first one is the emotional part of our life. So on your outline sheet, fill in that first thing emotionally. This is what happens. There is fear that turns into worry. That's the definition basically that we just, that we just talked about. Then we see some other things. That we become emotionally insensitive. In other words, we're insensitive to the needs of other people Because we're not thinking about them, we're thinking about ourselves. We become sad. We get angry. We overreact to what's happening. We become short-tempered with people. We obsess over things. We have phobias. Those last two, uh, obsession and phobias, are highly connected with many different uh, psychiatric disorders that, that we have, obsessive-compulsive disorder, anxiety disorder. I mean, there's there just a several of those. This is not saying that if you have phobias or if you are obsessed about things that you necessarily have a psychiatric issue that way, but we all contend to have those feelings, to obsess about certain things. 
I know that that's something that I, I deal with a lot, the obsession of something or thinking about it over and over. Here's another area of our life. Not only is there mentally, I mean, emotionally, but there's mentally. So let's talk about that. How does it reveal itself? We're plagued by guilt. So in my mind, I can't stop thinking about something. Over and over and over and over again in my mind, I did something bad and I can't get over it. And I keep thinking about it. And because of that, I become anxious. I live with anxiety. Extremely analytical. I look at things that way because I want to control things in my life. Perfectionism. Things have to always be perfect. And if they're not perfect, then I become anxious because I have to have control of it. And inability to make decisions. And the reason why I don't make decisions is because I'm afraid to make a mistake and if I make a mistake, I'll get anxious over it because I made that mistake. So I just don't make decisions. Third part of life. It's the social part of life. Socially. We're overly concerned about the opinions of other people. I, my value comes from how people feel about me. So therefore, if they don't feel a certain way, I become anxious. Controlling of relationships because of high expectations. I want people to be a certain way. I try to control them, and when they don't do what I want them to do, I become anxious. Paranoia. I'm afraid that people are doing things behind my back to hurt me or harm me. Anxiousness. Here's some physical ways. This is the fourth area of life, physically. Uh, creasing of the forehead. Let me give you a personal example today, all right? Dude, I've got the big creases. I was born with it this way. I get Y'all, our oldest daughter was born with creases in her forehead. I thought, oh, my soul, she's cursed forever. That's what I thought. Same way, my dad's the same way. But when we get these, when we have these pressures, it changes our physical appearance, causes wrinkles in that way. Sleeplessness, headaches, neck aches, high blood pressure, looking older. I'll give you an example of that. There have been so many presidents when they went in the office and they came out. I'm thinking, what happened to that dude? Did y'all feel that way? It's like, what happened? It's like they aged 20 years. Stress, anxiety, heart disease, asthma, kidney malfunctions, skin disorders, frequent infections. All of that because of anxiety. So you have a really great life when you're anxious, don't you? Doesn't it sound awesome? Here's one last one. It's the most important. It's spiritually, spiritual part of our life. We play the role of God by taking control. That's what we do because we feel like we have to be in control. We remove God. Disobedience. The reason why we become disobedient is because socially we want to fit in with other people and we engage in activities that other people are doing that aren't godly so that we fit in. So we become disobedient. Another way this happens is we are so anxious that we need a release so we engage in activities of pleasure to get our minds off of the stress that we're in, which leads to disobedience. The last one is bowing to pressure and no longer living for purpose. Spiritually, really, the spiritual part of life is all about purpose. What is my spirit inside of me? We all have a spirit, something that drives us. What is my spirit leading me to do? Well, if I'm anxious, God's spirit is, I'm not following God's spirit. I'm following myself. And I'm not fulfilling God's purpose. It's not that I'm not fulfilling a purpose. I am. It's just a self-centered purpose. It's trying to get what is good for me. Instead of following God's purpose, which is to bring positive change in the world so that every person knows that they're loved. 
So where does all this come from? What are the causes of anxiousness? Well, I'm glad you asked because I put some stuff on your outline sheet. All right? Some causes of anxiousness. One cause of anxiousness is we have unrealistic expectations about the future. Now, let me say something about, clarify that a little bit. It says unrealistic expectations. It really can be unrealistic expectations or just expectations. Because it's all about the future. I, I just mentioned that. Things might happen. Happen is always in the future. So I have expectations that this is going to happen. I believe this is going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then I become stressed and anxious about those things. It may be an unrealistic expectation that I believe something's going to happen. And it's just, y'all, it doesn't even make sense that I would really believe that that's going to happen. It's just unrealistic. Yet, but I have convinced myself in my mind that it's true. And therefore, if it doesn't happen, I become anxious over it. Part of that anxiety comes from really a fear, and it's a fear of our being hurt. That's the second cause of this. I want you to fill that in. It's fear. I've shared with you that there are three primary emotions. There is anger, there is fear, and there is love. The foundational emotion, primary emotion for anxiety is fear. I'm afraid of something. I'm afraid that something might happen. I'm afraid that I might get hurt. I was reading a book called Scared to Life by Douglas Rumford, and he gave some statistics about how we do this and how we think about these things and how we shouldn't be this way. Here's what he said. He wrote that 60% of our fears are totally unfounded. In other words, they're unrealistic. 20% are already behind us. 10% are so petty they don't make any difference. 5% of the remaining 10% are real, but we can't do anything about them. Only 5% are real fears we can do something about. Although only 5% of our fears are real, we allow all of our fears to consume us, and they make a mess of our lives. Isn't that wild? Only 5% typically of what I'm thinking about is real that I can do something about. Yet we feel the pressure and we feel like we can't breathe. It's the anxiety. And we don't have the energy and what it is in our emotion to be able to do what it is that God wants us to do. What's the culprit of this? The culprit many times is our past. Bad things have happened to our past. Uh, and because of that, we expect that same thing to happen in our future and the same results to come about because of it. We look at events that happen to us in, in, in different ways. The people who are anxious and have anxiety, they put all the attention on the event itself. It's all they think about. What happened? This is what happened. I can't get over what happened. People who aren't anxious don't put the attention on the event. They put the attention on what they can do about the event. Because it, it's about their future, right? Anxiety is about future. It's about what might happen. It may happen again. In some cases, it, there may be a strong possibility that's going to happen again. I don't know. Whatever it, this thing might be. But it may happen again. I was uh, talking with somebody this past week about do-overs. Actually, Jennifer and I, uh, we have done another podcast, uh, The Everyday Matters. We did one on anxiety, Anxiety 101. If you want to listen to it, I encourage you to do it. Uh, we get kind of personal about some stuff in our own life and how we go through it and some, you know, 
hopefully some information that will help you. If you look on the very bottom of your app, you'll see a thing that says podcast. Click on it. And when you go to a page, just scroll down. You'll find it. That's an easy way to do it. Or you can look on the website. We, she and I were talking about this, and I talked to her, or we were talking about do-overs. Because I remember when I was on the playground as a kid, if I did something, like I was playing baseball or something, and I didn't like what happened, I would yell, do-over. Anybody ever do that? Do-over. We want to do it over. So it's like, okay, we have a do-over. Well, for us, believe it or not, we get do-overs. Now, I know it's not exactly the same because in a do-over on a field, it just wipes out the other thing, right? The reason why we want to do it over is because we didn't like what we did the first time. Our do-over is that same situation may happen in our future, but we get a chance to do it over. We get a chance to be different. We get a chance to respond differently to that event differently than we did before. Why? Why will we be successful? It's because we're not afraid that it may happen again. We're like, it might happen again, but if it happens again, this is how I'm going to respond to it. And this is what I'm going to do. It takes the anxiousness away because we include God and in helping, Him helping us know what it is that we can do. That's how we face this. I, I, a good example of this also is you can take the same, same situation. Exact same situation with two people. Exact same situation. One person will face that situation with anxiety. The other person will face that situation and remain calm and happy. It's the exact same situation. So what's the difference in that? One is putting attention on the event. The other one has prepared themselves to deal with whatever it is that's coming their way. Because they're not going to rely on my ability right, to handle this. I'm going to go through this and understand my life is not controlled about any event. If you're anxious, it's a good sign that you're allowing the circumstances of your life to control who you are. And you're putting your faith in those things. So how do we deal with this? How do we overcome this? Remember, this is, this is the first thing we have to do. We have to remember what God is doing. God uses circumstances. said so this at the beginning. God uses circumstances to move us or grow us. To move us closer to Him, because we haven't had faith in Him, to clo grow closer in a relationship with Him, or to grow our strength so that we become stronger. The Word of God actually talks about this. We're going to hear it in a minute. To cause us to become stronger. So what's the difference? One person is looking at this situation. It's not about that. It's about how is this affecting me. And the other person is looking at this and God is using this to either move me closer to him and help me become stronger. Okay, so how is he doing that and what can I do to grow stronger and closer to him? I'm thinking about it in a different way. What's the healing process of anxiousness? Let's look at that. Here's some ways that we can, can overcome this. We, it, it, the same... The same uh, process really is following us through some of these emotions. What we've shared the last couple of weeks is about re rewiring our minds. That we have to think differently. That we think, we feel, we act. I've said that a gazillion times. What we think, really our thinking is our belief. This is what I think is true. When I think that, it causes me to feel certain ways when I face situations. And then I act because of how I feel. Okay, that's, that's how it happens. If we don't like how we feel, then we have to change how we think. It all comes back to what you think 
and what you believe. So I had to rewire my beliefs. My beliefs obviously were it's about my, my happiness is about the, the, the situations I'm in. My happiness is about me being in control. My happiness is about being liked. My happiness is about all those kind of things that we went through a minute ago and all these traits that came about. That's what I think. It doesn't work. So I have to change my beliefs in regards to that. Now, I, again, talked a couple of weeks ago about how to do that. I didn't get into great detail about it. It's on one of the podcasts that Jennifer and I, I did. And the way in which we change our mind is we put new information into our mind. We've allowed the world to tell us this about the world, about what's going on, that this is true, and this is how you're supposed to live your life. Well, if that's not true, then I need to put new information into my mind. Where do I get that information from? Well, we want to hear it from God, and one of the best ways to do that is from the Word of God. Aren't you glad God gives us this book of instruction to help us in our life, to listen to the Word of God? I'm going to share with you two passages of Scripture where we're going to find the healing process in this. And one of these is attached to meditation. Meditation is the process of putting new things in your mind. When you hear meditation, many people have this uh, thought of Eastern religion, crossing your legs, hmm, whatever. In Eastern religion, this is how meditation works. It's to empty your mind. That's a big process of Eastern uh, meditation is to empty your mind. For us in meditation, it's to fill our mind, but it's to fill our mind with truth. There's only one truth. There are different types of truth. There's absolute truth, and there's just personal individual truth. I can, here's a personal individual truth about me. I have a wrinkled forehead. Not everybody has a wrinkled forehead. It's personal. But there's absolute truth that is true for every person. Let me just give you some, some truth. Living for yourself doesn't bring happiness, but living for others and God does. That's absolute truth. Now, it takes a lot of people a long time to get to that belief, but that's the absolute truth. So I need to know that truth. Okay, Keep that in our mind. I'm going to share with you these two passages because one of them has to do with our meditation and putting God's word into our mind. The only way we're going to change is to change our beliefs. And the way we change our belief is to put new information into our mind. And this is instruction that we need to put in our mind. And I'm going to give you some scripture to put in it. And we're going to start with Philippians chapter 4. This was the first scripture that I read to you today. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, we need to go to God. We need to pray for him. That's a way to change our mind. And the peace of God, he just talked about anxiousness, all right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, God knows more about what's going on than we do. And we have to know that, all right? It transcends understanding. will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? My heart is what I believe. If I begin to look to God and know he has more understanding of this and he's up to something, I believe in what he's doing and therefore it affects my mind. That's what the scripture just said. But I want you to hear what it said after that because this is the scripture that, that we use to teach about meditation. It's the following verses. He just talked about anxiousness. He talked about, it's not on your outline sheet, okay? So I just want you to see the scripture, Philippians 4. You just know you need to read the extra verses that are after that, all right? This came to me late. So anyway, 
uh, you'll know to do that. He just talked about anxiousness. He talked about praying to God. He talked about God understands, all these things. And then he tells us what to put into our mind. The next scripture says, right after the anxious talk, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, we just talked about the truth, didn't we? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, oh my soul, here it is. Think about such things. We meditate on this is the foundation of scripture of really meditation. We're to think on those things. What is true? I need to think about that. What, what is loving? What is lovely? What is loving that I could do? Put all of this information into our mind. It's the solution for anxiety. That's why this scripture is so important. He gave the solution to anxiety. Okay, let me give you another passage. It's in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. Peter wrote this, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your, what? Anxiety on him because he cares for you. He loves us. He's not after us. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong. He either moves us toward him or makes us strong. There it is. To make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Y'all, this is, again, this is incredible to me. These people were stressed out. Peter was writing to some people, Christians, who were stressed out. They were stressed out because they knew other Christians were being persecuted and were suffering. And they were like, oh, my soul, that could happen to me. And it stressed them out. And he just told them, you know what? Yeah, it's probably going to happen. But you know what? It's not about the suffering. It's about who you rely on in your life. Because that's what takes the anxiety away. To cast the anxiety on him. Isn't that He's talking to a group of people who were an anxious, stressed out mess. Because he knew if they gave into that, they would not fulfill God's calling for their life. Out of these scriptures, I want to give you uh, three things. This is, how we, this is how we go through the healing process. First thing that we need to know, we have to be environmentally aware. We need to know, we need to be aware about what is happening around us. What is going on. We have to be environmentally aware. Our enemy, this is, this is what we need to be aware of. Our enemy wants me to be weak and to fail. God wants me to be strong and to succeed. That's what Peter said. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert. This is what, listen to this. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Basically, somebody who's susceptible to anxiety. Resist him standing firm in the faith. In other words, trusting in God, not yourself. He just points it out. 
This is what's going on. This is environmentally what's going on around you. Satan is trying to get you anxious to stop you. God wants you to cast all your problems on him and don't be anxious because he wants you to be loving to others as he loves you. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. But Satan wants to stop the caring. Y'all, that's what's going on. That's what this is about. That's what anxiety in your life is about. It's to stop you and to suck the life out of you so that other people don't experience that same life. Listen to what Jesus said. Luke 21, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down and with carousing, drunkenness, and, and the anxieties. Jesus said this, and the anxieties of life. And that day will, will, will close on you suddenly like, like a trap. That day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Jesus is saying, here's the deal. Satan is trying to sneak up on you and get you to feel anxious about your life. And what's going to happen if you're anxious about your life? These things are kind of connected. You'll start carousing. You'll start doing things, selfish things like other people are doing to fit in with them and to live your life with pleasure, to make your anxiety go away. Or what does it say? Drunkenness. I mean, how many people does this happen to? I am so anxious. I am so stressed out. I drink my sorrows away. I drink my stress and my anxieties away. Jesus is saying this. Satan is trying to sneak up on you, use your anxieties to cause you to be somebody who's disobedient, to not lead anybody to God. Jesus said that. If that weren't enough, he said this in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Listen to what he said. I think Jesus, his words are pretty good. We should listen to him. Listen to this. Matthew 11.28, come to me all you who are weary and burdened. In other words, stressed out and anxious, and I will give you rest. So let me give you some, just help us see how this can apply to our life. I mentioned the way in which we overcome anxiety is to put new things into our mind. First of all, we need to have things into our mind. And the first thing that we need is, in our mind, we need to remember, I need to be environmentally aware. To change my mind, I need to put new information in my mind, which is the scripture. So this is what I want to encourage you to do. Read this scripture that we just went through over and over again. If you're anxious, read. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you're anxious, read what Jesus said. Be careful uh, or your, your hearts will be weighed down in carousing. This is what's up. If you're anxious, all of these scriptures, just read them because it's putting new information in your mind to rewire your mind. You got it? Okay, here's the second thing. I need to be self-aware. I need to know how I am giving in and what my personal problem is. So it asks some questions, and these are personal reflection questions for you. Am I afraid? Am I afraid? Do I experience anxiousness? Okay, that's the big question for us. Do, do I have that? And am I worried? What am I worried about? Now, I know that I'm afraid because somewhere in the traits that we learned about all these things, physical, emotional, they're just telling me, man, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm worried about something, fears about the future, there's anxiousness there. And then it asks the question, what are you worried about? 
What is it that you're worried about? What is it that's going to cause change and problems in your life? What is it that's going to happen? Well, just say something, something about the worry part of it. <sighs> worry overcomes us. There's a, dirty, there's a difference between worry and concern. Worry is about what happens to me many times when you're thinking about a spiritual context. Concern is about what may happen to other people that's negative that I want to do something about. So the worry is here is about me and what's going on with me. What am I worried about? What are you worried about? It, it's important for us. This is a question, and Jennifer and I talk about this. It's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Did I lose my job? Would that be such a bad thing? It's like, well, if you live for your job... But if I live for my job, then I'll be living to please people and not please God. And I realize that if I live to please God and not people, I may lose my job. So what's the worst thing you could do? Lose your job? I mean, it's not. I mean, there are other jobs. I'd like to work at Cheesecake Factory and get free cheesecake, y'all. Wouldn't that be awesome? I can see myself. I'm friendly. I'm friendly. Are you afraid that you're not going to have some other a relationships broken apart? Maybe you've gone through a difficult whatever it is in a relationship. Are you afraid that you're not going to have somebody else in your life? Because it, it, Is that the worst thing that can happen to you is not have somebody else in your life? Because now what you're doing is you're living for a relationship other than a relationship with God. So what's the worst thing? I don't have somebody, but you've got God. Oh, here's a big one. But what if I get sick? What if I get sick? What if, what if I... What's the worst thing that could happen to you? Why die? Well, yeah. Did you expect to live forever? Did any of y'all expect to live forever? I, I mean, I think we've all figured it out now. One day, it's over. But for us when it's over, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So why in the world do I live my life in worry over my sickness? This is a great example because there have been many people I visit in the hospital. One person to be going through cancer is an anxious mess. Unbelievable. Another person goes through cancer. They have joy in their life because they realize this is not all there is. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? It's causing you worry. And I'm telling you, it's an unrealistic expectation to think that whatever you're worried about is going to make you happy. It's just not going to happen. Y'all, that's the truth right there. That's absolute truth right there. I've gone to preaching a little bit. i got to finish here. Let's see. Okay, here, here's some scripture. We're rewiring our mind, right? This is what we're to do. Be, be self-aware. Am I afraid? Am I worried? Do I attempt to control the outcome of situations? Because I want to be in control. Here's some scripture. For the Spirit of God gave us, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. In other words, afraid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Here's another scripture. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. 
It's about the future. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What else can we put in our mind about this? We need to remember that Jesus is with us always. That his spirit is with us always. So how do I rewire my mind? It's meditate. Let's put these scriptures in, my, in our mind if I'm worried about something. One other, other part. We are to be environmentally aware. We are to be self-aware. This is why I'm worried. This is what I'm worried about. And the last one is to be self-controlled. To be self-controlled. It said, submit yourself to God. Matthew 6.33. I just read it, but seek first his kingdom. We're to trust God for everything. We're to be thankful. We are to prepare. So let me talk about this really, really quickly. We are to submit ourselves to God, to discipline ourselves to do it. First of all, in 2 Timothy 1.7, we just read this. For the Spirit of God gave, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That we can control ourselves. If we're not self-disciplined, we lose our power and we stop showing God's love. So what am I supposed to discipline myself to do? Remember what it said in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 8. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Two action points. First, I'm controlling myself. I'm humbling myself before God. You're in charge. I'm not. Second thing. Self-discipline. I'm giving you my problems because I can't deal with them. I'm casting everything on him for him to be the solution. Scripture, it teaches us this. That's how we submit to God. We're to trust God in everything. Meditate. Philippians 4, 6. We keep reading it over and over again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. In other words, I need to speak to God and talk to God and show my trust in him. That he is true. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here's something else. It talked about being thankful, right? It just said in that scripture, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We ought to thank God when things get rough. That's easy. That's one of the most difficult things in the world to do. Why should I thank God? Because of what we've already learned. God uses all circumstances to either move me closer to him or make me stronger. God, thank you. There, isn't there a song? make you stronger right? I don't even know the words but it says stronger and it's got to be good it's God I'm thanking you because whatever you do I think the song might be about this I'm not really sure it should be whatever you're doing God you're doing it to draw me to you you're doing it to make me stronger thank you God that you're doing this for me the other one is this is to prepare. That was the last thing. It's the last thing I'm talking about. Jesus said, I'm digging it, Luke 21, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. What did Jesus just say? Don't put all your attention, because this is their problem. They were worried. The people Jesus was talking about, these people are going to come against us. We're not going to know what we're saying. They're going to get us or whatever. And Jesus is like, time out. Prepare yourself beforehand. Prepare yourself beforehand. It's going to happen. But I'm with you. You're not going to be overcome. I'll give you the words to say that they can't contradict. 
Isn't that awesome? Have you ever been in a situation? This has happened to me many times. I haven't known. I mean, I'll go into a thing. Somebody's going, I'll say things to them. And then after a service, like, where did that come from? I never thought that one moment in my entire life. Where did that come from? In the moments where you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will give you the words you need to say. And this is what you can say. Get thee behind me, Satan. If you can't say anything else, tell him to get behind you. Because when he's behind, you're following somebody else. So what's making you anxious? I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. This message, I don't, God's Spirit uses what is said through His Word to help us see who we are. And not, I believe that's happening right now. If you're dealing with worry and stress and all of these things, I believe you know it. And what I would just ask you to do is these last three things, know what's going on, be environmentally aware. Satan wants to make you fail. God wants to make you stronger so that you can show God's love. Satan's trying to sneak up on you. Jesus said that. God wants to make you stronger. This is what's at stake, because for you to influence the world positively, you have to know what's happening. Second thing, what is it that's causing you to be stressed out? What's causing you anxiousness? You know what it is. I, I really believe that. You know what it is. Cast your anxiety on him. Understand, my happiness is not dependent upon any circumstance that happens to me. My happiness is knowing that God is with me no matter what I go through. Third thing, be self-controlled. Humble yourself. Cast these anxieties on Him. Thank Him. But prepare in your mind what it is that God wants you to do. As you follow and trust in him. I'm going to pray and I want to encourage you to pray. Whatever God leads you to pray. In your own personal journey. To commit yourself to follow him. And to overcome this. This thing that's trying to suck the life out of all of us. Father thank you for what you've taught us. Be with us God as we hear this. That it would go from our heads into our hearts. That it would transform us. That we would be people. Who do show love. I pray, God, that we would know what Satan's doing to us and that he's winning when we're anxious. And, God, I pray that you would give us the strength so that you'll win as we follow you. And I pray this in your name.